This is Madeline. And this is Cammie. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number seven. What do you mean this is going to cost something? I thought social media was free. Ha! Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? So, social media isn't free. I'm sorry, Madeline. It just isn't free. I'm sorry about that. So here's the thing though. It is going to cost you some money. Did you know that? Yeah. I mean, I figure it's going to cost you a little something to start it. Nothing's free in life, right? Right. It isn't. And also we have to know what we want to get out of our community when we start. And that's going to actually dictate how much money you spend on it in a large part. You know, So if you're just starting something for fun and just to hang out with your friends, Yeah. Don't spend too much money on that. I would say, but if you want something professional, that's going to kind of last through time, realize that over time, you're going to have to invest in your community. It's an investment really that you're going to have to make upfront that will actually pay off in dividends on the back end. And not all of it is money that you have to give. There's something else too. What do you think that might be? Well, I mean, there's our time, right? Yeah. We're giving our time. Time. We're putting time and effort into it. And what is your time worth? A lot. A lot. (laughs) (laughs) These days it is. (laughs) I know. It's like crazy because time actually is more valuable than money sometimes, isn't it? Absolutely. Especially as you have built up your influence, as you grow in business, you know, you and I have been entrepreneurs for a very long time, but when we're first starting out, things were different, you know, but I feel like now my time is so valuable. It is worth a lot. Yeah. But I would say, even if you're starting out, I want people to know, even though they're going to spend a lot of time building their community, that they need to know that their time is worth something. You know, you have to look at it that way. It's called an opportunity cost because every time that you're spending time on this project, you don't have time for another project. So you need to know that you're giving up something every time you say yes to something like a community and a community does take a lot of effort. And the other part of it that it takes, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, is you need to have consistency. And that takes every week putting time in and working hard to make things grow. A lot of people think these communities come out of nowhere and that they're overnight successes. But the truth is, there's a lot of tough shedding going on in the background, isn't there? How many many nights have you stayed up working on Communities That Convert podcasts? (laughs) A lot, a lot. It's time consuming, but I love doing this. And so you know, is this a passion project or are you looking to make money initially or maybe on the back end as you grow this thing and get sponsors? There's so many different ways of looking at it. Right. So you need to decide if your community is going to be a paid community or a free one. And that's really the beginning. And a free one doesn't mean that it's always going to be free. It can be a means towards something else like a reputation building kind of exercise as well. Right. So we've both done that. Absolutely. Because like, you know, Nobody starts a podcast going, oh, I need to be paid right at the beginning unless you start it as something for a company, right? That somebody's paying you to start it. But most times we start a podcast in hopes that maybe we accumulate sponsors as people listen and we grow it and build it and we get a lot of downloads and and listens and views. 
that people want to be a part of this and sponsor it and give you money. And that's the same thing with the community too, because same as the podcast, which by the way, we do consider you a part of our community. So get that. We we do think of this as a community. So mind that for sure. But when you're building a community, a company wants to have access to that community. That's what they pay you for. They pay you to have access to a community that you've built. And so you want to protect that community and make sure that the people that are sponsoring you or bringing money into you or whatever are going to be the kinds of of people that, and and companies that really resonate with yours. So you want to build something that's great. And to do that, you need to start investing in the community to do it. So one of the things that I say is, and I know you and I kind of disagree about this, so we're going to fist it out. Okay. Is that good? Can we do that? (laughs) Sure. Let's do it. All right. Duke's up. All right. Duke's up. Oh, you scare me with those tattoos though. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to fight with you. Okay. So I would say, you know, you also need to decide whether you want to have your community online or offline. Cause you know, offline communities are just as powerful as online ones. Maybe they don't have as big of reach, but they can be very, very influential and powerful. So I always suggest that you at least start with a small group of an offline community to get an idea, especially if you've never built communities before, to get an idea of what people in your demographic or the communities that you're at that very specific demographic you're trying to build want. You know, because a lot of time if you go online, you're guessing and you don't see people face to face, you can learn a lot in a very short amount of time if you just invest a little bit of your time sitting with people and talking to them about their problems and challenges and coming up with some solutions for those and then using those to build your online community, you'll attract a lot of people that way. But I know you don't 100% agree with me on that, but I do think that it's a it's a great idea to find new ways of, of reaching those people that you're trying to reach. And I agree with you, Kimmy. I think that is a great way to go. I think it could be extremely valuable for people starting out for sure. I think online is super easy. I mean, you could just go on a Twitter chat and meet a group of like-minded people and use that to start your own community, right? That's so, that's like just one of many examples I could give that, you know, using the internet, I mean, the internet is such a vast place. I can connect with people across the world that I would not be able to do locally. I think that's one of the big attractions to it is that, you know, when we look at my community manager for my Twitter Smarter Chat, she's in Slovenia. I mean, that's pretty amazing that she's across the world and she works with me. I have other people that work with me on my chat, my greeter group. One's in South Korea, another one's in South America. I have uh, one that's in San Diego. So we are spread out all across the world. And I love that. Now, that doesn't mean that I could not do this exact same thing locally. I certainly could. My experience has been that starting off with the internet is an easier way to do it. Plus, I'm a little bit of a nerd. You know, I like being behind the computer. I mean, I am, I can be very outgoing. I do love doing in-person events, no problem. But there's just something great about being on the computer and connecting with people across the world. It is cool. I have to admit, I am an extrovert and you're probably a little bit more of an introvert. So that may have a little bit to do with it. Your personality style does, does have something to do with it. So one of the things I really like to say is just to start with what you already have. You know, you do, it is, there is some money and we'll tell you in a minute, we're going to give you some actual dollar signs here in a minute of what we've spent on building certain communities like this one, for example. But there are some things that you have right at your disposal that are free, 
that you can use right away. Can you kind of tell us some of the ones that you use, Madeline? Yeah, hashtags. I mean, hashtags are a great, easy way to do this. When I first started Twitter Smarter, the hashtag Twitter Smarter, I started this in 2013. And surprisingly, it was not to start a podcast or a Twitter chat just yet. I used it to build a community for my online training courses. So I called it, my very first one was called the Twitter Smarter Masterclass. And my thought was if I did it as a hashtag, it'd be a great way to brand it and use it as a community builder. And it worked very successfully so that once I did launch the podcast and then ultimately the Twitter chat, I'd already had this well-established hashtag with a community. So that was one way that worked very well for me. I think this can work very well for others. But what about you, Kimmy? Well, I've used a couple of things. Facebook has been really good to me. I love Twitter as well, as you know. But Facebook, I found to be very easy to have longer, more in-depth conversations. And one of the things that I started using a couple of years ago was a Facebook page. And I built some online influencer communities with Facebook groups. So pages and groups have been really helpful. The page, I built the whole social media breakfast community on a page. I know not a lot of people do that and they say the pages don't work. But for me, a a Facebook page works amazing still. We get huge engagement on that page and we drive all of the traffic for the online event or the offline event through the events page on um, the page. For the groups, I've done some really specific influencer groups for brands. I started actually by doing this for brands. Brands paid me to put together influencer groups and I would organize them on Facebook groups. And we still do that to this day. I have um, the travel, the Texas travel talk group, and that's very, very active. And we have now a blog. We launched a new blog, texastraveltalk.com. So if you ever travel to Texas, please come to the texastraveltalkblog.com and we will uh, hopefully have some tips for you there. And so, yeah, I mean, these kinds of things are really, really easy to do in a group, whereas a page is a little bit more public. So you can't do that as much and in, in, on a page. So for like an, a group like the social media breakfast, a lot of that is about online activating and coming to the events. And we also do a lot of live streaming on that page for people who can't be at the live events. You can attend the social media breakfast of Houston live every month on our Facebook page. So it's really a cool way for us to be, go beyond the local to the yeah, international. And people and can be part of the too. People can be part of the community. They don't have to be local. They could come watch it with the live stream and connect with the comments, right? And be part of the community, which is great. And not to mention that we basically have a Twitter chat on social media breakfast, the SMBHOU hashtag every single month. I mean, we trend every single time we meet. We trended above the, we trended above Hurricane Harvey on Friday, just so you know. Wow, um, we did. Okay, yeah, interesting. We, and That's many awesome. other things that were going on that day. So I would say that, you know, and, and we were talking about Hurricane Harvey. So that's probably part of why we were talking about how we could help with that effort. We were talking about organizations that were helping and how people could get help. Um, that was cool in and of itself. And, I, and we, we've, we talked about that in one of our last episodes. So definitely listen to that. But that is something that really is amazing about the online is it doesn't have to stay online. It could be online and offline. You know, it can be it can go back and forth and people are just people. So it's not a different thing. I, it's me connecting with you, connecting with, you know, your, your friends across the, the globe. So yeah, I agree with you. 
So another thing that we can that we do with social media breakfast is we also use that something that we already have is my blog, which is zoeticamedia.com/slash blog. But on that blog, I have set up categories. And one of my categories is SMBHOU, which is the Social Media Breakfast of Houston. And that I have actually set up as almost like a landing page. So at the top of the category, it has a description of what it is. And if you go to our website there, which is smbhou.com, you'll land right on the blog page. Interesting. I love that. Right on the category. So you land right on the category. So I've like forwarded that URL to that category. And that way people can go there and read some of the blog posts from the past episodes that we've done and some of the different things that we've talked about. And I usually embed the live stream in there so you can actually rewatch the live stream right on the webpage. So there's some cool things you can do with what you already have. So if you already have a website, a landing page, or a category page in this case is a great way to have a place for your community to kind of coalesce together. Um, and, and for those that are for a new thing. Yeah. Right. And for those that are familiar with, with a, how to do a category page, if you have a WordPress site, you can set up uh, multiple categories. But like in your case, your category is set up as SMBHOU, right? That's the category. And you just have to make sure in every post that you tag that category. So that way, if you send people to that category page, all of those posts will show up from your blog onto there, which is super Awesome. It's a great strategy, Cami. I'm glad that you're doing that. Right. And then I don't have to pay for a second blog. That's the thing. Exactly. You know, I don't have to pay exactly. and upkeep it and upkeep it too. So right. in my case, since this is not a paid community, it is a way for me to be economical at the same time. It also builds up my business page too, um, as far as links and things like that. So it's not a bad yeah. way to go. It's great for SEO, for sure. It's amazing for SEO. And then um, YouTube channels, I've used YouTube for a long time as well for social media breakfast. And we put up, um, we actually put up the video on the YouTube channel and I, you know, there's different ways you can do that, but you can put together a playlist of the things from your community on a YouTube channel. And then, you know, even if you have other things on that channel, again, it's just like the category, you have a YouTube channel for that content that really does help with SEO as well. Because if you didn't know, Google owns YouTube. And YouTube has really, really, really high rankings on Google searches, really high. So absolutely. And I have to say, Kimmy, I think YouTube playlists are so underutilized. So many people I talk to don't realize they can do this. So one thing I want to put out for everybody right now is when you're done listening to this, go over to your YouTube, take a look at it and see if you do not have playlists. Go take like you can. I love how you can group them up. Like one example off the top of my head is when I put on showcases at South by Southwest, I called one South by Southwest showcases and I took every video that we did at that event and put it into that playlist. So now people, instead of them having to dig through all your videos to find these specific ones, you create the playlist. So you basically shortcut it for them. And it's such a a great strategy so I'm glad you bring that up, Kimmy. And I do want to stress that Facebook groups are an excellent choice here. I've had great success. Not so much with Facebook pages. You've really struck gold on that for Houston Social Media Breakfast. You've done a great job with that. Not easy to do. But Facebook groups have, for me, have been so helpful with my communities. I have one for the people that have taken my Twitter Smarter Masterclass. I've had one that was very successful for my paid membership from my Go Girls music community. So I definitely want people to look at Facebook groups as a great way to do this. 
Yep. And so those are the free things that we could do. Yes. So what about the things that aren't so free? What do you think about that? So do you, yeah, we've been, we've been doing a lot of this lately. But. There's a lot because you and I launched this podcast and, you know, you and I did like this breakdown of like all the things we did and what the costs were. And really interesting that not very much of it was free, like quite a bit Mm-mm. cost some money. No. Now we've, we've spent well, we've spent close to $2,000 so far on our, podcast. Oh my gosh. Don't say that out loud. Ah, that's, <laughs> that really adds up when you, when you say that it's like, wow. Okay. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> but, building well, a community, a class, so. but building community costs money. I mean, it you does. know, you, there's a lot you can do for free and we we've highlighted plenty of them, but yeah, let's look at the breakdown. Like, you know, what things you do that's not free. Right. And you know, you don't have to do these right away. The first thing I have on here is website. And again, I told you for social media breakfast, I used a category on my existing website. So there's one way to do it. But if you want to have your own website, it's going to cost you anywhere between a hundred dollars and $5,000, depending on how fancy you want to get. But you can definitely put one together for about a hundred dollars a year because there's a hosting cost. You have to pay for your, your URL. So you have to buy your domain, which is the same thing as URL domain yep. URL. I use hover.com. Yeah. I like hover, H-O-V-E-R.com. I really like them. And I have a bunch of these that I buy. So you can go buy yourself your community name. And if you can also have the same hashtag, that's good. So that's the website. And you know, you, you can do these things through like YouTube tutorials. They'll teach you how to put together and upload, but you can also go to places like Fiverr or Upwork and hire somebody to help you put them to get, put a website together and set it up. Sure. For you. So don't yeah, feel sure. like you can't do it. And that'll cost you a little bit more money, but on those two services, I bet you could get that for another hundred bucks. So like for $200, you'd be up and running with a host and everything. But you know what though, Kami, if money is tight and you really need to go the do it yourself route, I mean, you could go yeah. set up a Squarespace site and that's pretty inexpensive. Squarespace is not too pricey and is, you know, a whole, you know, a WYSIWYG platform where you just pop things in, right? So basically you can be a non-designer and create a very nice looking site because, and Wix does that too, where they have these templates, I guess what we call template sites. Yeah. And you can do that for sure. And, you know, the only thing I would say is be careful that you can transfer your URL later and you can own your URL so that if you ever decide to go, like we use Medium to start this uh, because we could use our own URL. Well, ultimately we'll be able to move that website to a WordPress site when we're, when we decide to invest in that, which may be sooner than later. And we will be able to take that and move it over to the new website and point the domain over there without worrying about losing our domain. So, and and all of the the links that have come with it. So I would say, you know, be careful because Wix, I know for sure doesn't let you move it. So just, just make sure you. Yeah, I know. Like, exactly. Very, very important. Great, great yeah. thing to point out. May, keep Give yourself flexibility to, to upgrade later. That's there the you go. I'm, That's I'm a good way to say it. That was a tweetable yeah. right there. Yeah. Tweet, tweet. So graphics are really important too. Um, certainly we have used Canva, which is one of our favorite ones for free. And Canva has some really cool different graphics that are, they give you some templates and things that make it really easy to look professional. Yes. Fiverr is another way to go. We talked about them before. You can get hire somebody to do a quick graphic for you. People are very specific on that site. So you can do it for five, 10, 15. It's an increments of five. 
Upwork is a great way to go. I actually have my designer and I work with her regularly off of Upwork. She did our design for this communities that convert for $120. So we did all of our little things for that. And then 99designs, I've used them before for logos. They're $399 or $400. So that's not bad for a logo. And you get a lot of choices there. So, you know, you can actually look at all the different designs and decide which one you like best. That's not bad. Yeah. Or hire a graphic designer, which is what, I mean, I, like you found yours through these sites, whereas I found mine just through networking and she's a great graphic designer. And so I just hire her as I need. Right. Yes. And that's awesome. So the other thing that is that we've done that costs money and we haven't done it for this yet, but we definitely, I've done it for other communities is Facebook ads and Instagram ads you know, five to $20 a day should do it during a campaign when you're trying to get people to like maybe register for a course that you have. What's great about it is you can target exactly who you're trying to reach and you might get some better, some better results from that. I know, and I'm not going to go into that here because that's just like too detailed for today. Maybe we someday we'll zone in on this and get a really good Facebook advertising expert in here and talk about this, but yeah, um, that'd be great. Yeah. I did. I was just thinking about that. But what would be really great is that what's really great about it is that they actually track how many people come in through their ads based on how much they're spending. So they know if we spend this much and do this targeting, we'll get this many people in. It's really interesting, the science of it. So that's an interesting one to think about. And then locations. You know, if you're going to have an in-person event, you're going to have to think about getting a good location to have one. And the cost for that can be free like it is for us. We use Canopy which is an amazing restaurant. And they have just decided to let us come in there on a monthly basis. And they get what they get out of it is business. And we'll talk more about that. Really? So that's for the social media breakfast, your your monthly Houston social media breakfast at this restaurant in Houston that you've worked out an arrangement with them. Was this where you just blindly went into this restaurant and asked, or did you already have a relationship with the owner? How did that work? None of that, actually. What what happened is we had gone through a couple of other different locations and some people were attending and a person who worked with Canopy came to me and said, have you ever considered going to Canopy? And I'm like, I don't even know what Canopy is. And so they brought me over. So they actually courted us and asked nice. us to come to their location. And they at, at first they opened the restaurant for us. And then after a while, they decided to start a breakfast um, service. Really? So they weren't yeah. doing a breakfast service. Until you started providing them a breakfast service. Kind of. But I mean, I think they were thinking about it before we came in, but they were just, it was a good way for them to start promoting that new breakfast service. And so that was awesome. And then of course, other things that cost money, course platforms. Like if you are giving a course like your Twitter Smarter, for example, you're going to have to put it up somewhere with all the files and the videos and everything. And so... We use Thinkific. I know that both Madeline and I use that as a platform, but there's a lot of other ones out there too. Kajabi, Teachable, Udemy. I mean, there's so many more, but why you need this is because you can then put your files up there, send people there. And I love what I love about Thinkific is that they also have a shopping cart with it so they can pay for it right there. You know, they can pay for it and it's all connected. Yeah. So an all in one, somebody, if you have a course, And a lot of us build communities through our courses. I mean, that's what I've been doing with my Twitter Smarter course. I built a community and I use Thinkific. I pay $99 a month and it's an all-in-one platform where they can sign up and my credit card is attached to it through, uh, you can do Stripe or PayPal. 
makes it super easy. And that credit card fee is 3.9% usually for that. Usually. Uh, yeah. In most of them. And as um, Madeline just said, it was $99 a month for that course platform. But if you have one person sign up and take the course that month, you've paid for, you've paid for it. So you, know, you have to look at what it's going to cost you versus what it is. Uh, that is definitely where I'm building my growth hacks for women community on. And that's new for me. So I'm still kind of, I'll be learning about that. Maybe we can use that as a case study as we move forward, because I'm about to like sure. kind of explode that forward, but should be interesting. And then the other thing is email list providers. You're going to have to have a way to get in touch with your folks. And email lists are really, really, really important. So we use MailChimp for social media breakfast, and I use ConvertKit for growth hacks for women and some other things and the Texas Travel Talk blog. There's other ones as well. I know you're a big fan of MailChimp, right? I like MailChimp. I've been using it for a very long time. People think that with MailChimp, there are things you can't do that you can do in ConvertKit, like tagging and grouping, but you actually can do it in MailChimp. I think people just don't realize that automations are available. There's a lot you can actually do with it. Yeah, it's very, very powerful. And you can have up to 2,000 people on that list for free. For it free, It is a yeah. really, really good way to get started. It's a good starter um, one. Yeah, Drip is and also can, another And you can one. transfer. Just want to make sure people know, you can, tra- like, this is one where you can start for free at MailChimp, which I always recommend, and you can easily transfer it to somewhere else later. All of these providers make it super easy to export for, from one and import to the other. Agreed. And that's, again, room to grow, right? So you can do it from free there. Um, ConvertKit is around $40 a month. And I, for me, that's powerful. It's got some stuff in it that's really cool and powerful that I like. Like it allows me to put together sequences really easily where sure. I just type them out in there. So, I mean, there's some things I like about it that that's why I use it. Drip is another one similar to ConvertKit. And Infusionsoft is sort of the gold standard that a lot of the, the bigger players use. It's a little bit more complicated. A lot of people need help to set it up because it's really yeah. not simple. But And it's expensive too. Ooh. Way too much for me right now, but you know, someday maybe finding early sponsors. That's another thing I wanted to talk about was just, you know, even though there's going to be some costs, you're going to be able to find people that give you in kind or sponsorships that are going to help you along the way, like Canopy did for us, right? Yes. They let us do that. That's a huge deal for us. Having a place like that to have our events was so huge. What about you? You've done a lot of sponsorship kind of deals. Can you talk about that a bit? I've done a lot of in-kind trades because it's so much easier than getting money. When you're first starting out, while it's nice to try to go after money, just know that for many of these potential sponsors, they want to see what you can do first. So I would really focus on just get doing trades, doing, you know, I help you, you help me is so much easier to do. So in-kind is a great way to get started. It's a great way to get your feet wet with this. So I've had plenty of services provided or, you know, free t-shirts to get people love free stuff, right, Cammy? So getting mm-hmm. a sponsor to give you some free swag to give away at your event. So things like that work really well. Cool. So we have one more thing to do and that's our call to action. Oh. And cause we like action takers. We like action takers. So call to action. Here's your call to action for this episode. If you're thinking about starting a community, will it be paid or will it be free? If you've already started one, do you charge for it? Tweet us and let us know. Cami and I want to hear from you. So tweet us at CamiChat and at Madeline Sklar. And as always, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening. 
Hey, this is Madeline, and I want to let you know you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode, and we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cammie. Her Twitter handle is at CammieChat. And that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cami through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Communities That Convert.